Welcome to another episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About with uh, myself, Gina Tremarco, Master Sales Trainer and Coach at Sales Gravy, and my British, cheeky, lush podcast co-host, Susanna Gray-Jones. I'm chuffed with that. (laughs) (laughs) She's also with Sales Gravy, who sponsors this podcast. And we are so grateful for that because we are so not like Jeb, but Jeb loves us enough to sponsor this show. Absolutely. I mean, right? Right? We're very different. And I get to meet Jeb. In a couple of months, which is very exciting because I haven't even met you yet, Gina. And we we know each other too well for people who haven't met. So. You know, no, we don't know each other too well. Let's talk about this because <laughs> we, I mean, <laughs> we're, in a, we're in a virtual world. This is something that we teach at Sales Gravy all the time of how important it is to have that connection virtually. And what a great point. Like, this is what we're constantly telling our clients um, we, we're not face to face, but we have this relationship now because we've spent so much time talking to each other virtually, right? Even before you were part of the podcast, we were able to develop that relationship. And, you know, I forget that we haven't actually met in person. I forget that mm-hmm. you haven't met anybody in person yet at Tales Gravy, but you will soon because you're coming I to will. America. I am flying to America, second time lucky. And I'm hoping, who knows, I might even develop an american accent so one day we can even do a podcast and as actresses that we both are imitate each other's accents we could switch accents we could do that we could do that although i think you'll just be mean because i've heard you try to make fun of my accent before and it's not kind so (laughs) (laughs) i have not tried to make fun of your accent i have tried to emulate your accent i haven't watched enough downton abbey lately (laughs) That's because you've been too busy. And that's another thing to talk about, right? But, um, yes, this is, this, is yeah. a rogue, this is a rogue episode today that we're, we're rolling into. I had a couple ideas of things to talk about. And then what I love about rogue, which is like is improvising, is we take ideas and we just flow with them, mm-hmm. which, is, which is also my style for discovery, because I think you should mm. just be, not just, you should be as organic as possible in any kind of conversation. Mm. And in coaching, because I, I'm a bit of an obsessed sales coach and I've been, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. I was that kid at school who wanted to be the A grade student. I never was, but you know, like that whole proper English thing that you always make fun of. Okay. It's slightly (laughs) true, slightly true. And when I'm coaching, I, I try and prepare. And those are the worst coaching sessions that I run. And I've learned over many years that improvising going with the person who wants to be coached is always going to be the best um and that's what makes you excellent and that's to be said of discovery calls sales conversation anything sometimes you can be too planned i i agree obviously because i come from an improv world (laughs) um but i i do believe i do it took me a while to adopt the need to be structured and to have framework like that wasn't me all the time uh, and it definitely was not me in the beginning of my sales career mm-hmm. because A, I didn't want to be in sales. B, I didn't think I was the salesperson. And then every time I heard I was a salesperson, I'm like, what are they talking about? And it mm. was really about, I guess, I had a natural way of engaging people mm. that that helped me 
with that. So with all that being said, in the beginning, I wasn't into like structure and framework. And then I'm like, oh, this makes total sense. You need structure and framework. If you don't have structure and framework, you will fail, period of the story. Mm -hmm. And if you're too much about structure, framework, and process and and have that rigidity, you will fail. If you cannot flex and bend and be fluid because we know that buyers can, you know, they'll fight or flight because they feel like they're being sold to and you've got to be flexible. Yeah, definitely. And I think I've seen it in so many organizations where, and I was one of the people who they said, just don't give her admin. Don't give her admin because she is scatty. Just put her on the sales floor, put her on the sales floor. She's what? Scatty. What is scatty? Scatty. Today's English lesson, boys and girls. I will get my whiteboard out. No, I won't. But um, scatty is basically, when I first, some, I've been called scatty quite a few times. When someone first said that to me, I was like, what are you saying? Are you saying that I look scatty? Do I not brush my hair enough? You know, but then I discovered that when British people say scatty, they mean someone who's a bit chaotic, a bit all over the place. And I, some people ooh, call me- ooh, like like scattered. Yeah, scatterbrain. Scatterbrain. Is that what you guys call it? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Scatty. There we are. We're talking the same language now. There we are. I'm scatty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, making fun of me. We, ha- we haven't got to that episode yet. But um, but yeah, so scatty. Yeah, salespeople, the best salespeople are often the people who struggle at first with admin because they prioritize naturally because it's their strength to just do the sales. But as you said, you need to have a balance because how are you going to keep that CRM up to date? How are you going to make sure that you know who to prospect to and have that strategy? So having that balance is absolutely key. Well, along those lines, this because this was something I kind of want to talk to today, and I think this is a good segue to it. Hmm. Creative people mm-hmm. are also really good salespeople because there's something about a creative mindset that makes you better at solving problems and critical mm-hmm. thinking. And and you and I both have these creative backgrounds, mm-hmm. right? And I started as a creative, right? And I was like, sales. And then I learned over time, and we've had plenty of guests on this show, which is ironic because we've been attracting a lot of creative type of people who mm. kind of believe that same, or believe the same thing. And there's been studies done on it. Like this, I'm not making it up. Um, and I, of course, shameless plug, created a course called Creative Selling, based mm-hmm. based on these statistics that mm. we're born we're born creative geniuses, and then we unlearn it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, the, but creative salespeople are probably the best salespeople, in my opinion. Of course, I'm biased to that. But with that being said, we're a little scat. We're a little scatty. <laughs> a little scatty. We are rather. But <laughs> but I think like I think what's also really interesting. So right now, I'm headhunting for um, a media client, and they want people who are creative. They want people who have an interest in theater, film, creative backgrounds. So for me, that's every candidate. If you ask anyone, are you interested in film, media? They're all like, yes. I think everybody has that inner creativity, but they've either lost it or they are struggling to identify it for whatever reason. I know you, or, I know or, you or, believe that too. because Yeah, they're, or they're told, you know, A, you know, it's not realistic or you shouldn't do that or that's not something that you should focus on. And I think there's, to your point, 
again, going back to being born that way and having that, that, that skill set. Well, I don't even call it a skill set because it's innate that you have as children to, to be that way. It's kind of beaten out of us, Mm. but we have it. If we could just pull it out of ourselves. With that in mind and knowing that as a recruiter, that salespeople are really hard to find and knowing that children essentially all have creativity. I can ask you a million dollar question. How do we get them to hang on to that creativity as they grow up and not lose it? Because I'm a mum, and that to me is really important. And I read a lot about this stuff. There's a lot of ways. That's a really good question. Studies have shown that we, we lose creativity. We unlearn it for a variety of reasons. Hmm. One, one would be when we structure play. So structured versus unstructured play, right? So think about kids in school in a 50 minute time block mm-hmm. and they're given 50 minutes of creative time. Maybe it's an art class, mm. something along those, a music class, whatever. They're given 50 minutes mm-hmm. and it's structured. So they're not maximizing or optimizing their abilities because they know they have to stop in 50 minutes. So it actually limits us in our ability to get as big and creative as possible because we get into a mindset of like, I got to get it done. And what I find interesting about that is that we teach this a lot. It's sales gravy, right? Done is better than perfect. And I'm not saying you have to be perfect in creativity, but we're also, we're, we're often rushing to like, get it done. Yeah. Get it done. Get the proposal done. Um, I've been guilty of this. Mm. I'm on a timeline. I don't have time to get as creative as I want with a solution. And I throw it together of like, okay, here's what we've done for other people. Rinse and repeat. And I'm not getting as creative as I can. Now, I'm pretty creative. I spend probably too much time on proposals because I want to give the best solution. Mm. Um, And with that being said, my win probability is often better because I'm showing up with a solution and the client goes, you totally get us. Interesting. Yes, yes, we want that. Yes. And I do you know why I find that interesting? Because I have heard many a sales manager say, it doesn't matter what's in the proposal, it's how you present it. But yeah, I've sat in on meetings with you, sales meetings. This is not a kiss ass Gina moment again, by the way. But I have <laughs> sat in those meetings and the standard proposal and Gina's proposal are quite different. Um so what's your thoughts on that? From what? Different, different from the, the template that is given to um, Shh, trainees don't, <laughs> in don't various organizations. What? Okay. <laughs> Not in sales gravy. Not in sales gravy. I have nothing bad to say about sales gravy. Okay. What do you find different about my proposal or presentation? Exactly what you're saying. Um, nothing profound, just creativity. You speak their language in their proposal. You don't use the language. You're going to adapt to our language. I'm going to put your logos on it. I'm going to speak what your outcomes are. You make it about them and their outcomes. Mm -hmm. And that is exactly what sales gravy is all about. But that's why sometimes if you give people a template, exactly what you're saying, you take away from the creativity because in that template is the structure and people want to play it safe. Especially, I want to to mention this because I think it's quite interesting, especially Um, I I talk a lot about females and males and the difference in education because that's what I studied at university. And especially there is a tendency, as I've said before, for females, and there's a proven tendency for them to play it safe 
Um, and that's why they often say coursework is quite good for them. Whereas they say with the male brain, exams are slightly better because they're taking risks more. There's all sorts of studies on this, but I think in the same way with what you're saying with the proposals, sometimes if you give someone who likes to play it safe, doesn't want to make a mistake, a template, they're more likely to do play it safe and go away from that creativity. I agree. And I think they're more likely to, um, I don't want to say procrastinate. Um, Mm -hmm. I'm not sure what the word is, but they, yeah, I think you're right. They're playing it safe. Okay. Let's just go with this. And they're going to, they're going to take that chance and they might not close the deal. And then Mm -hmm. they're going to make an excuse for themselves of why they didn't close the deal. Mm -hmm. Right. There have been times where, I mean, I've got a couple deals that it's, it's taken three, four or five meetings to close. Because I know that they're interested, I just haven't hit on the thing that's going to like, that's it. That's the thing. Right. And I just, I mean, I just closed a deal last week or the week before with a client that I've had several meetings with before the big boss got involved. And by the time I got to him, right, it was, it was pretty close to closing and he just needed to like he needed to feel connected to me, right? And the mm-hmm. second that he felt connected to me. And I think the other thing is when I talk about flexibility, a lot of times, I don't know if this is right or wrong. I might get, you know, partially through a delivery, right? We've we've proposed we're going to do training over X amount of weeks for X amount of hours. And then we get to a point where it's like we uncover other issues that we didn't anticipate, Mm. And the client didn't anticipate. And and you start learning these things of other issues that need to be addressed. Yes. And instead of staying rigid in that, I'll I'll say, hey, I think we need to pivot this training. Mm. Or they'll say to me, I think we need to pivot this training. Are you okay with that? Mm-hmm. Right. And I think some people, you know, any kind of salesperson might like have this moment of like, pivot, what? Pivot to what? No, we we have a plan. Stick yes. to the plan. And I'm like, I've had I've had clients where I've got relationships where they've they've messaged me an hour before training and said, "Hey, this thing just went down, mm. and we don't think today's training is going to make sense." Yeah, and I go, "Okay, what's what's what is the big issue right now?" And this actually was a, a client that was going through a merger and acquisition, and so. There was just culturally a lot going on okay. and they, could, they couldn't see straight. And I said, okay, I've got an idea. Why don't we do this to improve, to get them into a mindset? I'm like, let's do this training around a mindset piece and let's just shift. And like, we were able to do that immediately. Yeah. And they were so thankful and grateful for that. So you have to, as a salesperson, whether you're, selling training or a widget, you have to have that flexibility to go with the client and not let it panic you. Definitely. And I think not all of us have the tendency to be like that. So you're very adaptive as a lot of salespeople are. Um, But in coaching, we often talk, don't we, about the, the different styles that people have, controlling, adapting, supporting, conserving. And all of them are good, but all of them also have the negative side and off that's often when we're stressed. But yeah. I, I certainly think in sales, being adaptive is a must and crucial. And how brilliant that you were able to provide that solution last minute for that training. Yeah, and usually I can. 
Uh, usually I can. I had a client the other day in, in a similar scenario of needing needing a last minute change. And what he was asking for was like too hard for me to change in an hour because mm-hmm. their training is at 8 a.m. We were doing a role play like we had this mapped out and then he decided he wanted like, could we just do a, a curriculum today? And I'm like, uh, no. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. But I mean, I, but I said what we could do, right. I'm like, here's what we could do. And that's another one of my clients that we collaborate really well together. And he's like, Hey, here's what, here, what do you think of this? And so I'm like, Oh, that's a great idea. Okay, great. Let's mm. do it that way. And, and it was his idea and we work really well together on that because nice. From the very beginning, his communication style, right? He came and he's he's an ex-military guy and he came right out and said, listen, I don't want to deal with all this stuff you want me to fill out and do. And he's like, I just don't do it that way. Like, mm-hmm. like he was like a no nonsense jump in. Like, I'm like, okay, cool. All right, we'll do it that way. Um, I'm going to flex to your style and your personality. But getting back to your question on how do we get the creativity back? Right. So that structured versus unstructured play is is one piece of it. So as a salesperson, allow yourself some time, build it into your schedule. Right. This this is now a time discipline thing, mm. so, which is weird. It's kind of an oxymoron. Right. Schedule unstructured time. Right. Like there are days when I know I have to create content, like when I was building the creative selling course. I would block out an entire day. It didn't mean it was going to take me an entire day to do it, but my head needed permission to let go of everything else on my schedule that day Mm -hmm. so that I could do how my brain works, right? Like we can't tell our brain, be creative right now. We have to let our, we have to like let go. And sometimes that means I walk around the house. I have a cup of coffee. Yeah. I, write a couple more ideas down. I get up, I walk around, I put a little laundry in. I mean, right. Like physical activity actually helps unlock creativity. So there are different types of things that we can do to go back to that thing we had as children, like stress, stress is a creativity killer. Mm Mm-hmm. And here's some words from our sponsor, Jeb Blunt at Sales Gravy. Hi, this is Jeb Blunt. There's a reason why thousands of sales professionals and top companies across the globe hone their sales skills at SalesGrave University. You see, SalesGrave University is different than most learning platforms. First, we have live courses taught in a virtual classroom by our master trainers that start almost every single day. And our e-learning platform is populated with hundreds of hours of sales training content produced by some of the top sales trainers in the world including Gina's spontaneous selling course, which is worth checking out. Now I've got some good news. If you've never taken a course on SalesGrave University, if you're a new user, you can take your very first course for free. That's any course on the platform, absolutely free. Just go to learn.salesgravy.com. That's learn.salesgravy.com or click the e-learning tab in the top menu at salesgravy.com pick out your course. And when you check out, use coupon code free course to get that course for free. That is free course to get your very first course for free. Stress is a major creativity killer. So if you're, if you're going through a lot of stress, your creativity is not going to be there. If you want 
to cultivate your creativity. You want to do things that are more playful um, that will help open your imagination, like, Mm -hmm. like anything like music, like dance, like um, martial arts. This actually, this is, this I found fascinating. So I launched the creative selling workshop at sales gravy last week. And that first time I run a new course, right. As a creator of the course, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what I don't know until I do it. Right. You don't know. And I've done this course before in person under a different name for the course. And actually it's so funny. The course that I ran last week was nothing <laughs> like I originally created. I didn't even get to what I created at all, which means that course still needs to be a course. You're evolving. You're evolving. Which is about play. The the part that I was I didn't get to was the play part. So I got the creative side and the problem solving side, but I didn't make it to the play part in that two hour segment. And the class, everybody who showed up stayed for the whole class. And they're like, is there a part two? Can we have <laughs> part two? And I said, I mean, there's definitely a part two because we didn't finish this. But what I found fascinating in the breakouts, this was an aha for me. So I put them in these breakouts, which is something that we do at Sales Gravy for engagement. And this this breakout was a very specific exercise that I've never done virtually. And Jeb was like, figure out how you're going to do it virtually. And I finally figured it out. And I'm like, all right, let's see how it works this first time. As I would bounce from breakout room to breakout room, they were forced based on the exercise instructions, they didn't have a choice. Like they had to all participate. And a lot of times when I've gone to breakouts, breakout rooms in other classes, I'll show up to a breakout. I, I feel like I'm like the mother hen. I'm like, uh, <laughs> what's going on here? So everyone's muted. Yep. Um, are you guys working on this? What, like, okay, where are you with it? What have you come up with? And then all of a sudden everybody unmutes. Um, okay, Joe, um, what do you like? And they're like, like kids, right? They're, yeah. they, they, they're not always engaged. They're not always engaged. In this specific exercise, they had no choice but to collaborate. Everybody had to be involved, right? That was, fa- that was fascinating to me because that was the yeah. first time I saw that. Then the other thing in one of the breakouts, I said, okay, I want you guys to brainstorm creative things that you can do. Creative things that you can do to exercise the creativity muscle, right? It's like anything, you have to practice it. Like Mm -hmm. people would laugh at me when I say we have an improv practice. They're like, how do you practice improv? Right? We just do. We Because improv has frameworks. Yeah. Improv is a series of frameworks, right? Everything that we do in an improv show is actually a framework that we build on and then we improvise. So as I bounce from room to room on what creative things do you do, I clearly, number one, didn't give clear enough instruction. I thought I did, but I didn't. So I I got to one room and they're like, we're just, you know, we're stumped. Um, None of us can really think of creative things that we do in sales. None of these guys knew each other, by the way, did they? Right, no. And I said, "Um, no, this is not about creative things you do in sales. This is about creative things you do in your life. Mm -hmm. And they couldn't wrap their head around that. I was like, no, guys, what do you do in your personal life that could be called creative? And one of them in there is actually one of my coaching clients. I was in the breakout and I call him by name and I go, 
hey, I'll just say Joe to protect the innocent. I go, Joe, uh, ballroom dancing. Because I know he ballroom dances. I'm like, ballroom dancing? He goes, oh, yeah. I'm like, he's like, yeah, that is creative. I'm like, all right, my work yeah. is done. I'm like, my work is done here, going to the next breakout. So <laughs> I, I found it really, I found it fascinating that even in asking people to think about what they do creatively, they were, they were stumped. That's sad. Yeah. It is sad. It could be something as simple as reading a story to your children at night. Yeah. That's creative. Because it's an activity that children do. Go into a nursery. They're singing. They're dancing. Go into a GCSE, or you probably call it something else in America. What is um, that? When the exams you take when you're about 16 or 17. Okay. Like an ACT or PSAT. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. So go into a classroom where they're studying for that. Are they likely to be doing something creative in the UK? I can tell you probably not. Chances are they are doing something that's not creative because it's not obligatory to do the subjects that are creative. It's something that you choose to do. Um, and not yes. everyone and not everyone is encouraged to because it's not seen as something that will make you money in your life. <laughs> so for example, if someone says, hey, I want to be a singer, or I want to be an actor, or, you know, it's there's a sort of precedent that's set that, okay, that's great, but you have to be really talented. If you're not, it's not going to make you much money. So people move away from it in their teens, even if they've kept up with it up until then. So there's another example. And I think what you're saying is really relevant at the moment, especially for those people who some of our listeners and people that we're working with coaching-wise say very often that they're struggling with the working from home. I say, I am the most motivated salesperson around. And I'm going to tell you a secret. I struggle to stay motivated when I'm working from home. It's been a challenge for me in the last Why? year. Why? It's been a challenge for me because I, I'm the sort of person who gets excited in a room full of people. So if I hear, so I'm competitive. If I see someone else on the phone and they're doing really well, I'm going to do it better. If I see, if I'm in a stadium, as I've said before, watching Ricky Gervais, I'm laughing in the theatre. <laughs> if I'm watching it at home, I am probably not laughing. And do you know what? That makes me scared for the world of sales with people working at home, knowing that I see myself as a top performer. If I struggle and it's an obstacle that I'm overcoming, how are other people coping? So uh, one remedy that I've come up with, and this is, again, because I'm a creative person, is I sing. I sing at the beginning of the day. I have a big belt out. And at the end of it, I'm ready to go because I feel the noise. I feel I feel the creative juices flowing and I'm ready to go. But not everyone has a kind of action plan when they're working from home. They just get onto their computer. They're mm -hmm. still in that quiet sleep zone and then the creative juices aren't flowing. So it could be something that people could use at the beginning of their day before they get started, especially in sales environments. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm big on how you start your day, right? Like, so mm -hmm. the the first thing I do at the beginning of my day is is journal and I don't spend a lot of time doing it. Right. It's just mm -hmm. a simple writing down a couple things, which are I talk about this all the time. My gratitudes, um, my props. What did I do well yesterday? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, and three goals. Right. And um, that in itself is a is a creative act is to sit down and do that. Um, you and I both come from creative backgrounds, uh, so it's kind of natural for us. 
But what if organizations encourage people to have some, actually, I had someone in my course last week who said her biggest takeaway, because she, she provides sales training for her team. Mm -hmm. She said, I'm going to, I'm going to have them schedule creative time. Like she was, yeah, yeah, very lush. She was going to have him put that on their calendar to have a space in their day that could just be kind of, actually we call this in the improv world, an open space, like just have Mm. an open space. There's nothing on there that has a deadline and it's just a creativity time, whatever that is. Right. You look at organizations like Zappos, like Zappos does that. They've got Zappos University, like they have an internal university for their employees. And and some of the courses you can take are like painting, beer mm. and paint, like drink beer and painting class. Like, like they have classes that you can take that are just going to help you develop your creativity and to mm. unwind. And what if, I mean, we can't solve all these problems. What if? schools went back to not necessarily I I get like arts programs have been so cut because they don't they are not deemed necessary but if you look at some of the studies and you look at some of the like Stanford University's engineering department they put those students through improv classes I didn't know that engineers and it makes so much sense I mean I literally went I I visited Stanford during an improv conference. And this was an improv conference just for people who use it in business. And one of the professors, his PhD, wrote a book about this. And she's a professor there. And they're teaching those engineering students to be creative in their problem solving as engineers. Mm. What if people started looking at creativity as not like, oh, it's the arts and you're never going to get a job. What if they looked at it as this is necessary for critical thinking and problem solving. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And bringing it into your day. There's something really interesting that my singing teacher a long time ago told me. She said, singers are becoming less naturally, creatively good because they're thinking too much about singing. And there's something out there called education kinesiology. You probably mm-hmm. heard all about yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, for example, if I'm patting my head, I'm rubbing my stomach at the same mm-hmm. time, which is actually quite hard to do with that little thing, you yeah. know, if you're mm-hmm. doing something and singing at the same time, I'm no longer thinking, I need to sing, but I'm just letting the voice flow yeah. naturally. And it's the same with sales. The minute that we stop thinking about sales and we just let it happen um, in our own way, um, we'll be better. And you're getting the core of that salesperson, not just what I think I need to be. I need to sell like Gina, so I'm going to sell like Gina. That's not going to be the best way that Susanna sells. And don't you love how this conversation is kind of linking (laughs) all of our previous sessions together? Um, Find time to be creative. You know, every every company should be doing this. Or or find time. That was another um, item on the list of creativity cultivators, boredom. Mm. Find time to do nothing. Now, does Gina do that? (laughs) Yes. Do you? Yeah, not as often as I would like to, but I do. And how many Um, hours do you sleep? (laughs) Personal questions here. (laughs) I'm actually curious to know the answer. Um, I I get decent sleep. I mean, there are some times when I don't, but 
because my significant other gets up at 4.30. Um, we, we usually go to bed at 10, right? Like that's like, that's just part of my DNA now. I say he gets up at 4.30. The alarm goes off at 4.30. Selfish. He gets, he gets <laughs> up at five. But I, 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 tend to, I tend to get um, a good night's sleep. Last night, not so much. I was up at 1.30 to watch one of our associates deliver training internationally because we're working together on this. And um, I wanted to observe him. So I did get up at 1.30 in the morning today to do that. Um, Dedication. But- and I want to, you know, want to be in sync, want to be in sync for the client. So good service. Um, I do, I do, I do, I do sleep, but I do have boredom time. So um, like when I drive to the sales gravy office, which I'm doing this week, it's a four hour drive. I will literally just drive. Like I don't listen to anything. I don't, I just drive. So even though I'm driving and I'm actually doing something, my brain can't focus on anything. I can't be, I'm not on the phone. I'm not reading something. I'm not listening to something. I'm not multitasking. I'm just letting my brain be. Mm. And that's when I get a lot of ideas. A lot of ideas actually come to me when I'm driving and just driving. I love that. So no one can contact you because you're driving. You can Mm -hmm. just look at the road and the thoughts come into your head as they will. Yeah. That, that's my practice of boredom when I can, um, squeeze it in or going for a walk. That's another, the physical activity does it, but, but practicing boredom is okay. We, we just have to give ourselves permission for it. I think that's probably the biggest, if I had to give one big tip, give yourself permission to create, to imagine, to do nothing, to be bored. Yeah. Unless you're listening to this and you're my husband and you need to do the washing up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Put that out there. No excuses for some people. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think this was an interesting episode to talk about how to, you know, be a better salesperson by being creative. Yeah. And one thing that I've personally taken away from it because I have been a recruiter. And as recruiters, your proposal is a profile of that candidate. Whereas I'm not used to doing proposals in a sales sense. And the importance of being creative with that is something that I've known, but not necessarily thought I need to allocate time for that. Maybe time with no specific limit so I can be creative. So hopefully the listeners will also find that they, they benefited from that. That would be my advice to everybody. Find some time on your schedule. It's kind of like we talk about having high intensity call blocks, right? You schedule mm. that. We schedule things. Schedule Schedule time to do nothing. Schedule, you know, if you could schedule half a day to do nothing, or you can schedule a day, depending on, you know, depending on your schedule. Like this week, I've got a funky schedule because I'm doing training like in the middle of the night. It's totally throwing my schedule off. But Mm -hmm. on Friday, I'm doing nothing. Amazing. My schedule is just, my schedule is blocked out to do nothing. Because A, I know I'm going to kind of be worthless from like being off my schedule from doing overnight. And um, I have to give my brain space. This is the other thing I've learned with time management lately. Mm. Like I, I having chunks of time to transition and not be go, 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 go. Yes. 
Because if you are, you set yourself up to fail. And that minute that you've got that migraine or you're not feeling very well, you'll be gutted because you didn't stick to your schedule and you might not do it again. It might not be a habit. So I'm loving that. I love um, this episode. Me, yeah, me too. And we started to get into, but maybe we could do this on the next episode. We started to get into patience and impatience. So maybe we should, um, maybe we should talk about that in the next episode. Hey, Warners, if you have a wish list of things that you want to hear Suzanne and I talk about sales wise, let us know. You could post it on LinkedIn where we share our episodes, or you can message us. And we know a lot of people follow us and message us. Uh, we'd love to hear what you would love to hear. Uh, but that's it for this episode of The Women Your Mother Warned You About, brought to you by Sales Gravy. I'm Gina Tremarco, Master Trainer at Sales Gravy. And you can find find these episodes on womenyourmotherwarnedyouabout.com or anywhere you get your podcasts. Any final words from you, Miss Gray Jones? Miss Gray Jones has nothing else to add, but <laughs> as it is evening here, have a lovely evening. And a nice glass of wine if you drink. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> Farewell. <laughs>